All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Millennial Momentum Podcast. This is your host, Tom Alamo. And I know that if you want to get better in life, you want to make more money, you want to get that promotion, be healthier, have a better relationship, you need three things. You need hard work, you need a really positive attitude, you need just a little bit of momentum, which is forward motion with energy. And I'm hoping that this show podcast, the blog, everything that I do can be that spark of momentum for you. I know it is for me. Uh, We're all on the journey. I'm no expert, but appreciate you and and grateful that you're listening. Um, Got a really good episode here today that we're going to get into. Um, Real quick, if you want to learn more about Millennial Momentum, you can check us out at uh, millennialmomentum.net. Check me out at at Tommy Tahoe on Twitter or Instagram. Very active there uh, on both platforms. And you can see the podcast, you know, wherever you're listening to it now, iTunes, Spotify now, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere, YouTube for a lot of the episodes. So you can see a lot uh, of content coming out there. So if you find any value, share it with a friend, subscribe, review. It's all really helpful uh, with the message that we're trying to build, positivity. So um, I'm going to get right into this. This is a book review I did of the book The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I did this over the weekend. I actually did it on Instagram Live and broke down the book and, you know, I I explained further why I did that and and read some passages and talked through why it's important and how we can translate it into our lives. So I'm going to kick it right into that. And again, thanks for listening. Let me know what you think. Four Agreements is such a great book, and it was recommended. I actually saw um, an interview with Tom Brady that he did with WEEI, and um, you know he mentioned that there's one book that he and Giselle read every single year, no matter what, and it's The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, and um, you know he says it's his mantra for life, and that's you know one of the things I always say is if it's good enough for Tom Brady, it's good enough for me. Um, so shout out, I can't even see my my phone that far, but shout out to everyone that's on Instagram live right now, uh, checking this out. Uh, and this will be live in the podcast on iTunes tomorrow. Um, but I want to get into the book and, you know, it's all about the different agreements that you make with yourself and that you've made with yourself for the, your entire life. And it's essentially four little small shifts that you can make that Tom Brady has made, Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, you know, millions of other people have made that have changed our life and impacted it positively. So let's get into the book. Um, Ruiz starts by saying, talking about how your beliefs are created before he gets into any of the four agreements. And the first, you know, what he says is as children, we didn't have the opportunity to choose our beliefs, but we agreed to the information that was passed to us from the dream of the planet via other humans. The only way to store information is by agreement. The outside dream may hook our attention, but if we don't agree, we don't store that information. As soon as we agree, we believe it. This is called faith. To have faith is to believe unconditionally. So that, he, that he says, is how we learn as children. Children believe everything adults say. We agree. Uh, we, we, 
you know, essentially get tied to everything that adults teach us, whether it's your parents, whether it's your teacher, whether it's your coach. Um, and we get sort of domesticated uh, about, you know, kind of like, you know, a dog or a cat does. And that's how he compares it when you, know, you get told this is good, this is bad, don't do that, get off that couch, get off that ledge, don't, you know, don't run into the street, look both ways before you cross the street. All these things that we're told to not take chances. Um, to play it safe, to you know, be good and follow rules. Those are all instilled with us in an early age. Um, and you know, to get back to the book, Ruiz says the reward feels good. We keep doing what others want us to do in order to get the reward. With that fear of being punished and that fear of not getting the reward, we start pretending to be what we are not, just to please others, just to be good enough for someone else. We try to please mom and dad the teachers at school, the church, and so we start acting. We, pre- we pretend to be what we are not because we are afraid of being rejected. The fear of being rejected becomes the fear of not being good enough. Eventually, we become someone that we are not. We become a copy of moms, dads, societies, religions, beliefs. And I don't know if that's true for you, but that was true for me, and it's true of a lot of people I know that you don't really get to choose a lot of those things, your religion, your political opinion, your, your thoughts on a lot of things in life. They come from what you learn at, you learn at an early age. Um, to go skip ahead a little bit in the book, you know, Ruiz talks a lot about how we're domesticated in that way, and I think he makes his point there. Um, but he says there's, there are thousands of agreements that you have made with yourself, with other people, with your dream of life, with God, with society, with parents, with your spouse, with your children. But the most important agreements are the ones you made with yourself. In these agreements, you tell yourself who you are, what you feel, what you believe, and how to behave. The result is what you call your personality. In these agreements, you say, this is what I am. This is what I believe. I can do certain things. I cannot do certain things. This is reality. This is fantasy. This is possible. That is impossible. One single agreement is not such a problem, but we have many agreements that make us suffer, that make us fail in life. If you want to live a life of joy and fulfillment, you have to find the courage to break those agreements that are fear-based and claim your personal power. The agreements that come from fear require us to expend a lot of energy, but the agreements that come from love help us to conserve energy and even gain extra energy. If we can see it is our agreements that rule our own life and we don't like the dream of our life, we need to change the agreements. When we're finally ready to change our agreements, there are four very powerful ones that can help us to break out of those that come from fear and deplete our energy. Each time you break an agreement, the power that you used to create it returns to you. If you adopt these four agreements, they will create enough personal power for you to change the entire system of your old agreements. Instead of living in a dream of hell, you'll be creating a new dream, your personal dream of heaven. So that's a heavy kickoff to the book. Um, And let's unpack that a little bit. He talks about the domestication and how we're raised and how we're brought up to believe certain things. And that's very true, I think. 
But he also closes it by saying it's it's in your power. Right? It's you don't have to follow that path anymore. He's giving you the permission to break out and to do your own thing and to believe what you want to believe and do what you want to do in life. Um, but in order to do that, you know, he recommends four things. Four, he calls them agreements, but again, they're just thought processes to have, they're beliefs to have, they're ways to live life. Uh, and if you missed the first few minutes, I, will, I won't hesitate to say it again. Tom Brady does this, so, you know. That yeah, that's good enough for me. So, let's get into the four agreements and and cite some personal examples. So, the first agreement is the most important one, and also the most difficult to honor. This is from the book. It is so important that with just this first agreement, you will be able to transcend to the level of existence I call heaven on earth. So that's a pretty big claim. The first agreement is to be impeccable with your word. It sounds very simple, but is very, very powerful. Why your word? Your word is the power that you have to create. Your word is the gift that comes directly from God. The Gospel of John in the Bible, speaking of the creation of the universe, says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word is God. This is not a religious book, but there's a few God references. Through the word, you express your creative power. It is through the word that you manifest everything. Regardless of what language you speak, your intent manifests through the word. What you dream, what you feel, and what you really are will all be manifested through the word. It's, he, he paints this picture and it gets a little biblical, but let's, let's hone it into reality. Continuing with the book, the word is the most powerful tool you have as a human. It is a tool of magic. Similar to a sword with two edges, it can create a beautiful dream or destroy everything around you. And let's, let's give some examples of that. So, on the positive side, you can think of someone as grand as Martin Luther King Jr. And this isn't from the book, this is just me. And think about the things that he did with just his words. You know, he took some actions, but he wasn't a fighter. Uh, he didn't do all these crazy things, but he spoke. And he spoke in a way that inspired people and, and helped them uh, in a really difficult time and, and to start a revolution. And there's countless people throughout time that have done that. On the reverse, you know, you take someone like Hitler who, you know, inspired you know, millions of deaths pretty much and, and made the world a much worse place. So it can go in both forms. And that's from the grandest scheme. But now let's take it, let's take it even closer to your day to day. You got to treat people well. That's what this is about. It's about treating others well. You see someone, hey, you know, hey, good morning, looking them in the eye, treating them well, having a conversation with them, being impeccable with your word. You know, that part of that is being nice and being a good person. You know, the other part is being honest with them. And if something's pissing you off about someone or you don't like the way things are being done or someone is, you know, annoying you or frustrating you or whatever it is, be impeccable. Be honest about it. Treat others the way you'd like to be treated. It's very simple but difficult. And on the flip side of that, it's also being impeccable with your word towards yourself. Right? What do you say? What's your self-talk like? And we don't need to get into, you know, deep into psychology here because I'm not a psychologist, but 
your self-talk is really important. What do you what do you say about yourself? Do you say that things are possible, that you can be great, that you know today is going to be a great day, that you're going to close that deal, you're going to go up to that girl or guy at the bar and have a great conversation, um, that you can be loved, that you know you're smart, that you're learning, that you're fast, that you're strong, all these things that you tell yourself, or do you tell yourself the reverse? Today's going to suck. I'm doing terribly. I'm I'm dumb. I'm always going to be like this. I can't do this. I can't do that. It's impossible. What do you say? What do you say to yourself? And if you treat yourself well, you're going to treat others well. If you put yourself in a positive state. I just told this story to Anthony Ianarino on the podcast I did with him. This week was a tough week for me. I the first few days I was very negative. Monday through Wednesday. I'm usually very positive feeling good, and I wasn't. I felt terrible. I was getting down. I was getting moody. I was feeling sluggish, you know, highlighting in my mind some of the things that aren't going well or I'm stuck and putting myself in a bad spot, and I think a lot of people have been there. And on Wednesday night, I just said, man, what the fuck is going on? You know? And I wrote down, as soon as I woke up on Thursday morning, I got up early. I was like, I got to go for a run. Write down, you know, a few things about just being positive and staying positive and only positive thoughts, positive things coming out of my mouth. I'm going to be the most enthusiastic person in the room, whatever it is, all that stuff. And, you know, those last two days, Thursday, Friday, did the same thing and they were great. They were incredible days. I felt amazing. I was looking at the positive. I was looking at the the beauty all around and um, I had a just, I felt better at the end of the day. I just felt a lot better. So be impeccable with your word. Um, you know, there's, we go into the book. He, you know, here's here's just one point he makes about saying that loving yourself. If I love myself, I'll express that love in my interactions with you. And then I'm being impeccable with the word because that action will produce a like reaction. If I love you, then you love me. If I insult you, you'll insult me. If I have gratitude for you, you will have gratitude for me. If I'm selfish with you, you'll be selfish with me. If I use the word to hurt you, you're going to hurt me. And it's all about seeing the reflection of whatever you put out. And so think about how you can be more impeccable with the word, being honest with people, being kind, being positive, being the most enthusiastic person in the room, and then work on your self-talk. Journaling, meditation, that type of stuff helps. Just pump yourself up a little bit. Reach into the cookie jar. Re- you know, remember that time that you did something really great, and 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 you know, congratulate yourself and say, "Hey, man, you're 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 killing it." Remember that time you did that project at work, or you ran that marathon, or whatever it is. Give yourself a little pat on the back. Let's go to the second agreement. The second agreement this is back to the book, is don't take anything personally. Whatever happens around you, don't take it personally. If I see you on the street and say, hey, you are stupid without knowing you, it's not about you, it's about me. If you take it personally, then you believe you are stupid. Maybe you think to yourself, how does he know? How does he know that I'm stupid? You take it personally because you agree with whatever was said. What causes you to be trapped is what we call personal importance or taking things personally 
is the maximum expression of selfishness because we make the assumption that everything is about me. During the period of our education, we learn to take everything personally. We think we are responsible for everything. So let's go through that example. Someone comes up to you and, and they insult you or they're rude to you. People are rude all the fucking time. Every single day you're going to come across people that are rude, right? So someone comes up to you and they say something, uh, you know, let's just say they call you ugly. I don't know who comes up to someone and says that, but let's say they do. They're not saying that because they think you're ugly. They're saying that because there's someone inside that doesn't feel very good and they need to hurt you and they need to be you know, an asshole to you to feel better. You don't take that personally. If you're following agreement number one, that you're going to be impeccable with your self-talk and say, you know, you already know who you are. You know that you're great. You know exactly what you're good at, what you're not so great at, and you accept both of those. And if you feel good about yourself, those words that someone else says are going to rub right off you. And this is something that, you know, Tom Brady and other celebrities have pointed to being helpful with, you know, the press and, and you know, the tabloids. And they say all these things about, about these celebrities and, you know, talking about their kids and talking about how they suck and all this stuff on a daily basis. And it's just if you don't take that personally, you can just brush it right off. And you can also take this to another level of all the media talking, you know, Trump tweeting, you know, there's there's bomb threats and all this, you know, there's the markets going down, all this stuff. You don't take that stuff personally. You don't let those grand macro headlines affect what you do on a day to day. Say, I'm going to do the best that I can. Trump tweeting something is not going to affect me doing my job today. Whatever I got to do, I'm going to get it done regardless of what someone else is doing. You know what I'm saying? So, agreement number two is don't take anything personally. Number three, don't make assumptions. So, let's go back to the book. We have a tendency to make assumptions about everything. The problem with making assumptions is that we believe they are the truth. We could swear they are real. We make assumptions about what others are doing or thinking. We take it personally, and then we blame them and react by sending uh, emotional waste with our word. That is why whenever we make assumptions, we're asking for problems. We make an assumption, we misunderstand, we take it personally, and we end up creating a whole big drop for nothing. Now let's think about this. How many times... Think about a recent fight you've had with someone or a recent situation where someone's pissed you off. And what goes into that? You know, maybe you're mad at your boss about something, right? You say your boss is, um, you know, not working very hard or they're favoring someone else that, that you work with or, you know, you're not getting credit for some of the work you're doing. You're making a lot of assumptions there. You're making assumptions over what your boss is thinking what they're feeling, how they're acting. You're making assumptions over what they value. You're making assumptions that, um, you know, what they believe versus what you're doing. You're making up, and this goes back to Cy Wakeman, who is on podcast number 13, making up a story in your head. You know, making up a story about what's important to you and, uh, you know, and, and what's happening in real time and saying that, 
just because of one way that someone treated you once, you make up this whole you know entire assumption of, of what led to that. And I think a lot of the reasons that we make assumptions because we're afraid to communicate, right? Um, you know, you're afraid to if if someone said something that hurt you, or if you think your boss is, um, you know, favoring someone else. Let's stick with that example. The way that you block out that assumption is you just have a conversation. You got to communicate. You got to go up to that person. In this case, your boss. Say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. Is that true? Are you favoring that person? Do you not appreciate what I'm doing? Whatever it is. And sometimes they might say, they might you know, not even be aware that they're putting out that type of vibe and say, I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I didn't mean to put out that type of vibe. You know, and it makes them reflect. And then you know, change happens. Um, or it could lead to a tough conversation. And they say, yeah, you know, I don't think you're doing a very good job. And then you got to take it from there and maybe talk about how you can be working differently. And it clears up your head a little bit, you know. Um, and this also, surprise, surprise, the assumptions go back to your self-talk. You know, assuming you can or cannot do something. That goes back to what your, your beliefs are right now. And so you assume that you can't get that promotion, that you don't deserve to make $200,000 a year, that you can't write a book that you can't run a marathon, that you can't lift 300 pounds of something. These are just voices, negative voices in your head that are saying that. So, you know, naivety uh, can be a superpower. I know Richard Branson talked about, you know, when he was a 16-year-old kid, he started a newspaper and, um, you know, not knowing how much of a crazy task that was going to be is one of the reasons why he was so successful. Because he didn't have that self-talk. He didn't know what he couldn't do, quote-unquote. So he did it, and then he made it happen. So you think about that and all these people that have these incredible physical feats, it's because they've shut that voice down in their head that says, you cannot do this. No one has done this before. This is impossible. And if you can shut that down, the opportunities are endless for anything. So... Don't make assumptions about others, about what others say, what they think, what they're doing. Don't make assumptions about what you can or cannot do or should or should not do. Don't do it. Let's go back to the book for number four. Oh, I went too far. There's just one more agreement, but it's the one that allows the other three to become deeply ingrained habits. The fourth agreement is about the action of the first three. Always do your best. Under any circumstance, always do your best. No more and no less. But keep in mind that your best is never going to be the same from one moment to the next. Everything is alive and changing all the time. So your best will sometimes be high quality. and Other times it will be not as good. When you wake up refreshed and energized in the morning, your best will be better than when you're tired at night. Your best will be different when you're healthy as opposed to sick or sober as opposed to drunk. Your best will depend on whether you're feeling wonderful and happy or upset, angry, and jealous. Your best will change over time. As you build the habit of the four new agreements, your best will become better than it used to be. But regardless of the quality, keep doing your best. No more and no less than your best. If you try too hard to do more than your best... 
You'll spend more energy than is needed. And in the end, your best will not be good enough. When you overdo, you deplete your body to go against yourself and it'll take longer to accomplish your goal. But if you do less than your best, you subject yourself to frustrations, self-judgment, guilt, and regrets. Just do your best in any circumstance in life. It doesn't matter if you're sick or tired. If you always do your best, there's no way you can judge yourself. And if you don't judge yourself, there's no way you're going to suffer from guilt, blame, and self-punishment. By doing your best, you will always break a big spell that you've been under. So let's unpack that. So doing your best, putting in the effort, that's something we say all the time here. Um, is you got to, you know, attitude and work ethic are the two things you can control. Always put in the effort, always put in, you know, a positive attitude. But he even says, Ruiz says that your best is different from time to time. And that's very true. There's some days where your best is going to be better than others. Some days you're feeling great. Some days you're not feeling great. But you got to make the most out of every situation. And when you're not feeling great, you don't just not show up to work. Because you're tired or you have a little sniffle. You don't ditch, um, you know, an important meeting because you didn't feel like it or because you're afraid of the conversation that's going to happen. I don't not put out this podcast because I got 17 other things that I need to do today. Make a commitment. I'm going to do it. But on the flip side, you don't want to try to do more than your best either because if you do that, you end up depleting yourself, you put yourself under too much stress, you overwork yourself, and you got to have the balance to bring you back in and be fully present in the moment. You're not dwelling on the past, you're not anxious about the future. As someone once said, you be, you are where your feet are, you're present in the moment. So you got to kind of feel that out, it's a feeling process, you know, when you're better, you know, one day versus another. And... He says that your best gets better over time if you put in these steps and if you follow these agreements and if you put in the work and you have the right attitude, your best at this day next year will be a lot better than today. My best today versus two years ago is fucking incredible. It is not, it's night and day. I'm a different person. And all the way to 2047, my best is going to be pretty damn good then. And it's going to get a little bit better, you know, throughout. And here's one piece that he says about not overdoing it. He's got a little story. Let's go back to the book. There's a man who wanted to transcend his suffering, so he went to a Buddhist temple to find a master to help him. He went to the master and asked, Master, if I meditate four hours a day, how long will it take me to transcend? The master looked at him and said, if you meditate four hours a day, perhaps you'll transcend in 10 years. Thinking he could do better, the man said, okay, what if I meditated eight hours a day? Then how long will it take me to transcend? The master looked at him and said, if you meditate eight hours a day, perhaps you will transcend in 20 years. He said, well, will it take me longer if I meditate twice as long? said, you are not here to sacrifice your joy or your life. You are here to live, to be happy, and to love. If you can do your best in two hours of meditation, but you spend eight hours instead, you will only grow tired, miss the point, and you won't enjoy your life. Do your best, and perhaps you will learn that no matter how long you meditate, you can live, love, and be happy.
And I think that's how we're going to close that, close the book out. Is that, you know, a few thoughts. Is that this is all in your control. You know, um, treating others well, speaking well, having good self-talk, having the conversations, not assuming things, not taking things personally, doing your best, putting in the effort, having the right attitude. That's all, those are all things you control. And I think that's why it's so important and why, you know, such, uh, notorious people and famous and successful people have done have followed these but this book for a long time is because it's in your control and that's what you need to focus on so uh, ignore what the negative people are saying ignore the, the media and all that stuff and just try to focus on getting a little bit better and maybe take one of these agreements this week and try to get a little bit better think about you know if you're let's think about the first one being impeccable with your word. Just try to maybe you take a second before you speak. Do you really need to say that rude comment to someone? How are you treating others? Are you positive? Are you encouraging people? How are you treating yourself? Are you limiting your beliefs? Are you saying you can't do this? You're not good enough. You won't do this. Or are you flipping it and saying and being optimistic and setting goals and going out and tackling them? It's okay if you're only doing the first thing, but try to get a little bit better wherever you are in the journey. Take one of these agreements, try to get a little bit better with them. For me, a big focus is on the doing your best, and it's not about doing my best. I put in a lot of effort, but sometimes I try to overdo it. I need to reel myself back, and that's what I'm focusing on. So um, it's, you know, you are where your feet are. You're not working when you're with your significant other. You're not thinking about the Patriots when you're working, you're not on Instagram when you're eating, you're just doing one thing at a time. So that's my focus. Love to hear from you guys about what you thought of the book review. I'm going to do a lot more of these um, because I think it's just a good way for me to learn more from the book than you just fly through a book and then you, you put it on the shelf. It's good to write about it and then um, and then speak about it. So let me know what you think. Everyone on Instagram, thank you. At Tommy Tahoe on Instagram and Twitter, millennialmomentum.net. Um, and, you know, the big news here, we're on Spotify with the podcast. So you can see iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, literally anywhere you can listen to a podcast, we're there. So uh, check it out. Everyone else, have a great day. Out. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to that episode. Really hope you liked it. Uh, if you did, if you found any value, wherever you're listening to this, uh, please head on over uh, and give it a five-star rating, subscribe, review, whether it's on the iTunes app, whether it's on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, if it's there. Um, really appreciate you. You can find me at tomalamo.com, T-O-M-A-L-A-I-M-O.com for the blog, all the show notes, and Tommy Tahoe uh, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Find me on Facebook. I'm everywhere. So thanks so much. Grateful for you. Have a great week.